Hello, and welcome to the Rookie Contract Podcast. My name is Dakota Zintak. And hello, I'm Kate Norum, and we will be speaking to people that are in their rookie contract in sports to get the freshest advice for those trying to get into the sports industry, as well as learn more about their story within sports. So now that you've accepted your rookie contract, what are you going to prove? Welcome to another episode of the Rookie Contract Podcast. Today's guest is Maggie Velocity, and Maggie is the live data entry operator at Sport Radar. So if you want to hear from someone that's done a little bit of everything, keep on listening. Today we have Maggie Velocity. She's a statistician at Sports Trader, and I'm going to give you the floor to kind of just say what you're doing now and how you got into the sports industry. Yeah, awesome. Thanks for having me. So right now, statistician at Sports Radar, kind of basically everyone's dream job in sports. I do live data entry. So I watch football, watch basketball, take stats immediately. So I get to sit at home and enjoy the game as much as everyone else. Just a little bit more high stakes. But rewinding into college is when I obviously got into sports a little bit more than just playing them and watching them. Uh, I started working with Gopher Athletics as a marketing intern and from there kind of, yeah, to more background based in Minneapolis. Mm-hmm. I've worked with almost every Minneapolis sports team except the Vikings. So if you're listening and you're hey. with the Vikings and you want to add me to your team, but yeah, Timberwolves, uh, Wild, United, Twins, and kind of everywhere in between. Yeah. So basically every department you can imagine as well. We did sales, marketing, corporate partnerships, customer service, um, kind of pretty well-rounded, but still looking for my kind of end game, if that makes sense, my, my yeah, dream job. Yeah. And not really sure where that is yet, though, either. <laughs> so I guess kind of going off what you just said is that your experience is very well-rounded. Was that intentional or was it just kind of like you wanted to work in the sports industry? So you were kind of taking whatever positions you could take, especially now, into kind of well-rounding yourself into the one position you want to go into. It was both intentional and kind of selfish with how I was pursuing jobs. At the time, I was always told to just get experience no matter what, especially Mm -hmm. starting off young and like entering sports, you're just kind of supposed to grab whatever Mm -hmm. experience you can. But I also knew, like there were people in my class that wanted to do general management or finances or agency, and I didn't really have that area yet. So I was like, Mm -hmm. you know what, I'm just going to try every department that I can. And -hmm. then once I have that idea, just kind of a glimpse, whether it's a part-time job or an internship with every department, I'll narrow it down to ones that I really didn't like and weed those out. And then ones that I did like and kind of pursue those a little bit further into maybe entry level or another internship or something more in-depth from there. So Mm -hmm. intentional and yet at the same time, kind of just wanted a job. Yeah. Just kind of like yeah. dip your feet in all those different waters to see what's going on there. With that, I mean, thankfully for you, like you've seen and played or uh, worked for different teams and all that. So you kind of have a better idea of, you know, the different stats that it does take to put in. So I guess when you're watching it, when you're doing the data, is it more of, you know, obviously you're watching a little bit more intensively than, than the normal fan, but how much more intensively are you watching each play? Um, So it depends on the sport and kind of my background too. So with 
basketball. I have played basketball, loved watching it my whole life. So when I was doing stats, it kind of was like second nature. I had already yeah. had experience in it. And then when I started football this season, basically a brand new opportunity for That's me. That's a because whole I, new ball game. Yeah, literally. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I, and I, I hadn't really had experience like paying attention to football at all, really. So basically had to learn from scratch, like what a sack was, what an interception yeah. was, like just everything was new territory. And then to top it all off, college football, we take the most intensive stats. Mm -hmm. So I jot down the time, the player that throws it, the player that catches it, the player that tackles, what time it ends, what direction the pass or rush was, what sort of formation they started off with. Um, So, yeah, so for someone who knows nothing about the sport, yeah, it was (laughs) – very overwhelming um but luckily have grown and learned as the weeks have progressed and it's been pretty fun to watch and it's a really like intensive job which I kind of like I'm a pretty Mm -hmm. intense person I like those those environments so it's been a good fit that's awesome so uh, you've you've kind of been involved like you said with like all these different Minnesota sports teams and just out of curiosity, how did those all kind of happen for you? Did they just kind of like you search for them? Um, did you know someone or how did it all kind of start for you? I started off kind of into music, which is not really what oh, wow. most people in sports start off in. Yeah. So I was like into music, into sports, Troy Bolton, you could say. Oh my you God. Know, yes. High school musical vibes. <laughs> <laughs> and I was, I had applied to Drumline. And I had also applied to a Gopher Athletics internship. And I was like, whichever one I get, I'm just going to, that's going to be my path. Like, I'm not going to try to do both after this. And I got into the drumline practice and I was like, okay, cool. I'm going to be a musician. This is, this is cool. Um, And then like 10 minutes in, I realized I was maybe a fourth of the talent as everyone else there. Like I was not Mm. good. And so I was like, kind of devastated because I was like now I have to get this internship and as I was like low-key crying about it I had got an email that said that I got got the internship so kind of worked out like a little bit you know too ironically to the point where I was like I have to get this and then from there it was yeah it was who I knew I had went to a networking event and met the sales director for the Timberwolves and that's how I got my part-time job there and then yeah, just from there, kept networking and getting connections from professors and coworkers, and that's where it all kind of spun off. And so I see that, like, the, the header of your LinkedIn is creative mind in the sports industry. And so with that, you know, data, I, I guess I don't want to speak for data, but data is not necessarily the most creative thing. <laughs> and so, you know, with, with cool, that... Okay? Yeah, right. But knowing all that stuff is, you know, I did stats too, and it was very uh, not creative. It was very, very like, very yeah. literal and very literal interpretation of what happened. So I guess how did, you know, being being a creative mind and then going into stats, how are you able to kind of keep those creative juices flowing in something that is very, you know, as you said, intense and kind of literal translation? Yeah, luckily, and also unluckily, but with sports, you kind of work <laughs> whenever everyone else isn't just so that Mm -hmm. that's kind of how it's formed so that people can watch the games. And so I'm working nights and weekends with 
sport radar, which gives me my daytime hours to kind of like get all that creativity out in different ways, whether it's like sketching, creating graphics, writing different storylines for whatever I'm doing. So that has been a way for me to kind of like tackle that or scratch that itch, I guess you can say, that that need for me to stay creative while also doing this very, like you said, like straightforward, literally no room for creativity and, yeah. and stats. But um, it's it's been a nice balance and I appreciate that they are so like willing to work with me in my schedule and, and I'm able to have that time to do what I want to pursue on the side. I know that I personally, you know, with sports as a job, I saw... I know, I think that we actually met through Zoom with Colby, but then yeah. I saw the, the Women in Sports article that you had, and I'm just kind of interested to hear, like, I know for me, I've said this a few times, but like when I said I wanted to go into, into working in sports, people weren't very shocked or people didn't really have any pushback for me. Was that how it was for you? Or did you have a support system that was like, yeah, you're, you're very uh, qualified and ready to work in sports? It was a little bit of both. And like I said, the music background kind of gave me some pushback, especially from people who were rooting for me to go into music. They were kind of like, no, not sports. But yeah, I had always been in sports, I guess not necessarily athletic, but I had been involved in, in sports my whole life. And so it wasn't really a big surprise. And Mm -hmm. I had kind of marked down kinesiology. So sports science on my, like major tick if you can like I I didn't know what I was doing but I wrote down like I'm a kinesiology major I wasn't (laughs) but I pretended to be sounds so when people yeah I mean like it's it's a cool gig but not really didn't end up being for me but when people saw that I went from sports science to sport management they were kind of like all right yeah that makes sense like yeah she's still in the same field but if you like when you look deeper into it, it's really not the same thing at all. But from the outside, yeah. from a different perspective, people are like, yeah, that's that's cool. Basically the same. <laughs> and I mean, so I know that people have different reasons for being in sports. Like personally, I really like sports just because, you know, I played them my whole life, played football, mm-hmm. basketball, and baseball. So it was like my whole childhood was uh, revolved around the schedule that was youth sports. But for mm-hmm. you, what was that driving factor? What was that gravitational pull that? really made you want to work in sports rather than just, you know, really enjoy them as a hobby? I think there are, I have maybe two answers to this question. So I like to say what got me into sports and then what kept me in sports. What got me into sports, I would say, is definitely my competitive drive. I was always Mm -hmm. like, I have to be the best on the team or make the team the best in Mm -hmm. the conference or whatever it is. And I think when I realized I wasn't the best on the team, I still wanted to like show that I really cared about sports somehow. So part of it was kind of proving to my hometown, like, you know, I did care about sports. I just wasn't athletic enough to display that to you guys. And Mm -hmm. it was almost kind of the wrong reason to get into sports in the beginning. But as soon as I worked that first game, I worked a baseball game with Gopher Athletics before I was technically hired on. They just needed help. As soon as I worked Mm -hmm. that first event, I knew that I was where I was supposed to be and that just the passion and the drive and the adrenaline rush that you get from just being Mm -hmm. like in the event instead of being a bystander or a fan is something that I can't compare to anything else I've done in a job or anything. So Maggie, what has been like the most memorable 
moment that you have like been a part of thus far in your life? Um, I don't like to talk about this one because I'm super anti-ego, but I am going to talk about it because I think <laughs> it's amazing. So as you know, the Super Bowl was in Minneapolis two years ago now, mm-hmm. I think, which brought crazy opportunities to basically every student at the University of Minnesota because mm-hmm. There were awards, there were different volunteer opportunities downtown, even at the Super Bowl, people were doing things. And there's this cool thing called NFL Honors Award Show, which I honestly don't really know what it's about, but a lot of players and celebrities show up to watch like the MVP get their trophy and like Mm -hmm. greatest play get their trophy, that sort of thing. And I was able to get an exclusive spot as a talent wrangler so I basically was, I was given a talent or a actor or player. Okay. And for the entire day, I was their assistant. And mine was Keegan-Michael Key, which, as nice. you know, Key and Peel. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. And he's a super nice guy. Like, honestly, him and his wife were amazing the whole day. Also, every celebrity is like his biggest fan. So we got to meet a lot of other celebrities, which was really cool. But to the main point, to answer your question, the coolest part about being in sports and probably my greatest memory is I don't remember the joke but I know I made a joke to Keegan and he said that is the funniest thing I've heard all day and oh I thought God. a comedian yeah, telling right? me I'm funny like, maybe I should yeah. you know try comedy <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was a great greatest compliment I think I've ever gotten is him telling me I was I was funny which is amazing never wow, forget that's it that's gold yeah I would never forget that <laughs> yeah. even if like even if it was such a bad joke, like, just to have them say that, and, like, I don't know, I think that people look at celebrities like not humans sometimes, like, I'm one of them. I know I got to meet some players. I I luckily got to play, I I don't remember how old I was, but I got to play at Soldier Field, and so I got to meet, as as you can see, like, I would do anything for the Bears, um, (laughs) no matter how many, like, cardiac arrests they're going to give me, but, like, it was just so cool to be able to see, and I I remember, uh, see I was really young so I'm pretty sure it was the Lovey Smith days but I'm pretty sure like he was like I, I had really like long afro-y like hair back then and he was like nice hair kid and, and so it was oh like that gosh. it was just one of those things where I was just like wow no. like he he recognized <laughs> me and let's just say I was the cool kid at school the next few days but yeah just kind of like going off that point it was just it's cool to see these humans like be be human like um, oh yeah they're not they're yeah. not just well, except, you know, Russ Wilson, not, not the, the biggest Russell Wilson guy. But, MVP, uh, where are you at? <laughs> yeah, yeah, Mr. Unlimited. I'll never, never let him live that video down. That oh, my like gosh. I, I still, oh, like, get that goosebumps in the wrong way when he said, when I hear or think about Mr. Unlimited. I, I, <laughs> let's move on. From that. I need to, <laughs> like, I, I need to shower. Like, that took a turn. Okay. Yeah, no, I... <laughs> If I ever ever get caught saying anything close to that, just boot me off immediately. Um, <laughs> but but, oh but yeah. So on the flip side of you know the coolest moments that you've had, that I'm sure you know sports bring cooler moments than say you know a, an accountant's day. But <laughs> when you look at kind of the journey through sports, it's constantly grinding. It's you know it's working long hours. It's working undesirable days. But mm-hmm. what are some moments that, or even one moment that, you know, in the moment 
it may have been something that you looked at as something like a failure or something like that. But how were you able to kind of move past that and use it for something to grow from? Yeah, I think probably one of the hardest experiences in sports that I've had has been getting through a Northwoods League internship. And if you guys know, they they have, I think, like 13 or 16 teams in the Mm -hmm. Midwest. And it's basically the level before pro, but for college athletes in baseball. And Mm -hmm. the internship is gruesome. You're doing everything from sweeping the stadium to lining the field to raking the field and then on top of that you're doing your duty during the game which for me was um an on-field announcer so I was Hmm. doing between inning games with fans or asking trivia questions or talking to the players and it was a wonderful internship looking back but at the time I I really was in a bad place because I thought if this is supposedly one of the best internships I'm having a awful time doing things Mm -hmm. I don't want to be doing but looking back and especially now I'm so so grateful for it because when people see a Northwoods League team on your resume they know that you've done everything in your power Mm -hmm. to stay in sports because it is one of the hardest things like you are doing things you did not expect to be doing and so they know that this this girl or guy works really hard they Mm -hmm. want to be here they know how to work long hours they know how to travel wherever they need to be like it's just a good thing to show other people and like personal growth wise I think that was probably one of the biggest summers for me in terms of my personal life and in my career was with the Northwoods League team yeah that's something that I've heard from I had a couple buddies of mine I I can't I want to say maybe it was the Booyahs in Green Bay. I, that's the same league, right? I think. I think I think so. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure it is. But I, that they said the same exact thing. They were like, all the interviews that I've had, that was like one of the first things they asked about. Because it's just, I like to use the word grit, but it was like, it's it's one of those jobs where you really have to show up each day and, and be ready to, to work each day from the yeah. time you get there to the time you end. And to your point, like, it shows that you're willing, like, if you're willing to do that, then it's hard to, it's hard to imagine how good they would do a job that's much less intensive. But yeah, I mean, Mm -hmm. it's cool to see that some of the jobs, like, I know that if you work in game day ops, like an internship in game day ops, that doesn't mean that your job in the end is going to be game day ops. It's just when you do an internship, it's really important to know that it's a learning experience, uh, it's a networking experience, and it's kind of a personal growth experience because all three of those will kind of set you up to have a good job in the end and kind of teach you the stuff that you don't learn in classrooms. So I think that's really important in in internships because half the stuff I learn in classrooms, uh, I've never learned kind of in the career and then vice versa. So it's a a good mix to have Mm -hmm. both, I would say. It's good to just be like like you were saying like it's good to just be ready for anything and I'm glad that even though that internship kind of seemed like a headache to begin with like it's all about going through the experience and being able to use all those different things that they were teaching you even though they probably weren't like being like the nicest about it but it's like it's all about like practicing and then putting that to use like later in your life because you never know like when you'll be needing that sort of thing, especially with you uh, doing data, like that's kind of crazy and utilizing all these different things that kind of build on each other. And I think to add to that internship too is I had, I think 
six or seven other interns besides myself that that I worked with to get tasks done and to get a game going. And those people, while we are miles and miles apart from each other now, we still talk like we're brothers and sisters. Like we are very, very close. And I think it'll, that's, that's one thing too with sports is you develop those relationships that are Mm -hmm. way past being just a coworker. And that's something that has always been so like inspiring for me to keep going is these people are your life. They're not just your work. That's how it should be. Yeah, exactly. That that was literally what I was about to say, Kate. No, <laughs> um, but it's like in the in the sports industry, like I know that I always sound old when I talk about social media, but like with Twitter, there's there's times when I see people that like they'll be in an internship together and they'll they'll tweet stuff, and in the comments, it's just all this stuff, like kind of like you were saying, it sounds like a family speaking. That's that's not mm-hmm. like I I have friends that I always pick on accountants, but. I have friends that are in that field and it's just like they go to work, they do their job, they come home and then they live their life. But like with sports, yeah, it's kind of like you go to work while you were already working at home and then you go to work, you work there, then you get home and then you're working still kind of, especially if like it's a team that you have a personal interest in. So like if you were to have an interest in working in football and then you get home, you know, on Sundays, that's pretty much all that happens, at least on my end. And so it's like, you never really stop like working necessarily. So for you, how do you find yourself getting away and kind of de-stressing, kind of unwinding, unplugging from, from an industry that doesn't really let you do that often? Uh, It's, it's been tough. I, I've been really proud of myself for being that always on person, but I have been understanding more recently, I guess, that it's not always best to be the always on kind of person mm-hmm. just because it can mm-hmm. really deteriorate your other areas of your life. But um, I've been reading or listening to books, I guess reading is, yeah. is fun, but I, it's difficult sometimes. <laughs> and I have been trying to just like do simple things like watch TV more, which for some mm-hmm. people it, it's less, but I just, it's something that I enjoy that most of the time, if I wasn't in sports, it would be something that was like a nuisance or taking up too much mm-hmm. time. But mm-hmm. it's like just the simple things of like watching one episode and then getting back to work, like yep. mm-hmm. just making small pauses in your day when you can to just do like the lazy thing and then yeah. get right back to it. And I think now is like a good time for me to find a bigger balance of being I don't want to say lazy but taking me time and taking work time because we are in the middle of a pandemic you know Mm -hmm. it's not like it's not like I can go out and have six different meetings with like six different business people a day I have to I kind of have to take those breaks a little bit more often so I've been practicing that and it's it's been really tough because especially Mm -hmm. in March when we first started when I got home from work and I thought I'm not gonna go back like It was so stressful for someone like me who's used to working all day every day to go to literally nothing. But the balance that I've found now has been a really nice balance. And hopefully I can carry that with whenever I do get back in the office or get back to a job that's kind of more my style. You know what I mean? Yeah. I know that like graduating in May, I was like, I mean, this August was the first time I didn't go to a class like since... I was in first grade maybe so it was like it was super weird like you were saying to just unplug completely going from I find myself to be similar in the way of I like 
I prefer to be working all the time, kind of, if that makes sense. Um, I, I like the, the environment of like, go, go, go. Mm -hmm. And I think that's kind of what draws me to sports because, you know, I, I like being busy. I, all this makes me sound like a sociopath, but <laughs> it's, it's just one of those things where you, it's, it's an industry that has kind of perks and uh, some cons to it. But I think that, you know, working or I guess going back to what I was saying in the beginning, because I just took a total spin was like when it when you go from working all day, every day to not even being able to work, you know, half the time, it's tough to to find yourself being able to be like, all right, well, I can't I can't even do this if I wanted to. So now I have to relax. <laughs> and to your point, I've, I've also since I like, you know, obviously I like podcasts. <laughs> audiobooks have been kind of my way of listening to podcasts that aren't podcasts because these people have a they have incredible voices I could listen to them read <laughs> you know the back the code of conduct or you know the terms and services of an app that I just hit accept on but it's a good thing to to kind of take yourself out of that because especially lately um, I don't know if any, anyone that hasn't listened to the Jenny Fisher episode uh, she does a really good job of of explaining mm -hmm. this but like the 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 idea of kind of the mental health aspect of sports has been becoming really prominent lately. And I'm happy about it because it's conversations that haven't been had. I don't know if that mm -hmm. was grammatically correct, but they haven't been being spoken about and they're, they are being spoken about now. So I'm really happy to see mm -hmm. that people are allowing those conversations to flow. And especially in a job that has a lot of people that maybe aren't saying it, it's been cool because, you know, the, the concept of, like I said, Jenny Fisher's uh, episode of Keep Showing Up is something that a lot of people have been gravitating towards on her end and something that keeps keeps going. So before I get on a rant of speaking about <laughs> the, the importance of mental health uh, awareness, what is the, the ideal position for you, you know, having all these different different experiences lined up and then also having the creative side of sports? What are you kind of going for um, with that big job or that kind of cemented job? I think based on everything that I've done, I, I kind of pulled it together with places where I felt I had the most impact and also like the most fun, if I can say. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. But definitely like, like you said, like a creative role, I'm looking for, I just said for, man, my Midwestern accent <laughs> is coming out so bad. I'm looking for a marketing or like corporate partnership, some sort of role within there, just because I think, I mean, obviously every department is tied together at the end of the day mm -hmm. to mm -hmm. kind of make the game happen and, and represent the team. But I think those two areas within sports are the most kind of creative and they have kind of that first say in new ideas where you can be like, Hey, why don't we try this in order to get fans here? Why don't we do this for our fans? Or mm -hmm. why don't we have the team help in this way or partner with this organization to make this happen. Like you kind of have the most brainstorming power. Mm -hmm. And I think that's somewhere that I want to be, not because I think I have the greatest ideas, but <laughs> I think it's just a good, it's a good environment to be in. And there's mm -hmm. a lot of good things to talk about with people there. And it's just like, I don't know, it's kind of fun to yeah. come up with new things and maybe be the, brand new like trend that's happening in sports and you can be like yeah I kind of yeah, helped start yeah. that like that's, that's kind of cool you know yeah yeah so you briefly touched on that University of Minnesota you you were like around like a bunch of networking opportunities and I just want to know like what kind of things did you have I guess going into the whole 
process of internships, different experience opportunities. What all did they offer that you were able to kind of like get in on? Yeah. So the school did a good job, especially the sport management department. And if there's any way I can Mm -hmm. give back in the future, I, I would love to, but they do such a good job of connecting students with professionals and bringing in guest mm. speakers or taking us to, I know we had a tour of U.S. Bank Stadium mm. and Target Center and Target Field. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and, and we were trying to get in and Allianz Field, but it wasn't really happening just yet. Um, yeah. But like, it's, it's just the little things and the little connections that our professors had to people in the sports industry that help us grow as individuals. And mm-hmm. I would love to see that continue for students now I know it's probably more difficult with mm-hmm. online classes but mm-hmm. um yeah they just and every every new opportunity and this was something amazing and I think this this should happen everywhere but every new opportunity that the teams had they almost had that everyone had the same idea like let's reach out to the University of Minnesota and see what mm-hmm. sort of students can fill in this opportunity so we were being asked to do volunteer opportunities with the twins. We were doing nice. like program distribution with the Timberwolves. Nice. It was, it was almost like, like you knew you were going to get experience yeah. when you decided to be a sport management student. And if you didn't have experience, you were almost doing something wrong. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think like it, it, it was very, they made it very difficult for you to graduate with no experience in, mm-hmm. at the wow. end of the day. That's really good. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of huge. I mean, experience, like <clears throat> when I went to, to Iowa, that was one of the things that, while I mean, I the Iowa Hawkeyes are essentially the NFL team of Iowa, but like there wasn't, you know, the, I think the biggest team near us was um, the Iowa Cubs, but it was like <laughs> the teams that have, you know, the teams that are in markets like, like UCF or uh, teams in Florida, like they have such a big market for, and I mean, Minnesota too they have such a big market of professional teams around them that it really is a good thing for them to have that university so they can pull students to get experience because it's kind of like a mutually beneficial uh, relationship on their part. They're able to bring students Mm in, I guess, schmooze them to get some work done and not have to pay them. But then also, I mean, it's good experience (laughs) for them where they're also able to, like the students themselves, they're able to network with people that can kind of help them with the next job. So Mm -hmm. I think that students that are, they haven't chosen the college yet, and they know for a fact that they want to do sports, definitely look at schools that have those bigger school or bigger sports markets around them. Because like you said, it's, it's hard for them. I mean, I guess Minnesota, especially it's hard for them not to uh, leave that school without experience since there's just so many teams. And I mean, like, especially if they have teams all year round, you could get experience, you know, in the spring working with baseball in the winter, working with basketball in the the fall, working with football. And then uh, if you want to work hockey, you can do that too. But yeah. I guess kind of on the idea of, you know, networking and stuff like that, I've I've seen that people give really good advice in those. And I've seen that a lot of people have some really good, uh, they call them hidden, hidden gems or free jewelry. Mm-hmm. But I guess what is what has been some advice that you've been able to take from those networking events and then use to your advantage as you go through this whole journey of getting a job in sports? Um, that's a tough one. I <laughs> And it's funny because I have a, like, you've mentioned in the past you have a list of of quotes but I have a book sitting Mm -hmm. probably 20 feet away from me with quotes from my mentors or podcasts or anything and and it's 
too far away for me to grab to read <laughs> off of, but um, I think one that I've gotten, I got it once or twice sophomore year when I was kind of conflicted and I was really like letting myself like get spread too thin in terms of mm-hmm. jobs. I was working, like you said, like I was working towards the end of baseball, but I was also just starting with basketball season and hockey season was right there. So I was doing sort of three things at once and really only planned to do one or two, but it said, and hopefully I can say this, but it said, you can't, if you half ask something or if you half ask two things, you can't full ask one thing, Yeah. Mm-hmm. which basically if you want me to say it more politely, <laughs> um, if you split yourself in half, you can't give your all to one group or to one like thing that you're trying to do. So yeah you really have to focus all of your energy into one thing at a time. Even if you're doing two jobs at once, like try your best to move your thoughts from one thing to what's right in front of you. And then as soon as you're done with that, then you can think about anything else. But basically that, that has helped me get through college because Mm -hmm. working and going to school and having a personal life is very, very difficult. And my friends will probably, if you ever ask them, my friends will say, all she does is talk about sports or all she oh did God. was talk about about working at, at the basketball game. And I have tried so hard not to do that because mm-hmm. I know it can just, it can really blur the lines of where different relationships start and end. And mm-hmm. yeah, always working on that one. And I think that's the best sort of quote to have is one that you haven't fully completed or fully mm-hmm. done. Yeah. It's one that keeps you grounded and keeps you working towards whatever goal that is. That is a really good quote just to live by. I've heard I've heard very different like renditions of that. It's, and yeah, the politeness of the words definitely go from uh, one to ten. But uh, like <laughs> I I recently with the with the small amount of dollars that I have, I bought this little like whiteboard that you can kind of see. But each mm-hmm. week I try to like put a new quote, like you said, that I haven't fully started like using and so I think that's a really good thing because again like you said I'm a really big quote guy and I think that quotes really help you idealize motivation because I mean as a former athlete motivation is pretty easy at this point but at the same time like having meaningful motivation is pretty important to me you know not just like seeing a quote from Michael Jordan and being like uh like can't wait to go (laughs) run through a brick wall but you know having having it be applicable to what you're doing now yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, I have felt that way, but you know, running through a brick wall to get a job isn't going to get you the job. Probably, um, probably yeah. won't get you the job. Actually, if you think about it. But yeah, I mean, having the having the meaning meaningful motivation to, even if it's like, you know, for someone when I was in college, I'm speaking to my college self. But like waking up each day and making my bed was like one of the one things that I had to make sure I did, um, because I mean that was just like making sure I did that one thing was like, all right, well now I can do the next thing and the next thing and so on and so forth. But, um, it's those little yeah. things that just like keep you going, keep you grounded. And like you, like you guys were mentioning before, it's all about those goals we have lingering over mm-hmm. our heads that we just like want to be able to reach. So doing these mm-hmm. other things in, in pursuit of that initial goal that we have set, like, that's why, that's why we do this. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Um, so, Kate, do you have anything else that you would like to ask Maggie, or is, is uh, it time? I think we pretty much covered everything. You got the floor. <laughs> so, as you probably know what's coming, <laughs> you know, I, it's something that I, I 
have been trying to think of maybe it's time to ask a new question, but people still like it, apparently. So I'm going to keep going with it. So, I mean, down the road 100 years, it's 2120. What is the legacy that you want to leave behind? You know, that's, there's many different ways you can take it. But just thinking about whether it's, you know, for, for people following you or for the industry itself, what's the legacy? Or even personally, kind of what's that legacy you want to leave behind? You know, I, I knew this was coming. Um, oh my gosh. And I, I, was, I was trying to think of just the most groundbreaking answer, but I think it's going to be just pretty average, but I'm going to say it anyways. Um, That's what the best answers I, have started yes. out, by the way. Just saying. Everyone that said their answer isn't going to be good. It's been good. I think I am going to stay away from myself and more just like big picture because I, yeah. as much as I would love for my name to be remembered, I would rather have just my actions be remembered yeah. um, if anything I like that. and I would love to just have an impact on even just one person's life to the point where them or their grandkids or whoever mm-hmm. the story goes on that this person changed my life I don't remember their name but I just want to be able to help someone in a way that truly does change their life in a positive way obviously a negative way would be just terrible <laughs> um, but Absolutely. yeah I think even if my name isn't remembered I would just love the legacy of having some sort of positive impact maybe like helping someone through some mental health issues or just helping them get that job that they wanted or even if this podcast is still around in some archives a hundred years from now some yeah some 18 year old listens to it and goes I can do sports even if I like music or I can do music even if I like sports you know like yeah, I just I just want to want to be a voice for someone who maybe doesn't doesn't have one. That was a lot of answers for you, but hopefully one hey, like one it. was good I, enough for you. <laughs> yeah, no, I, for sure. I mean, I I think that um, kind of the last thing you said was something that stuck out to me was you know being the voice for someone that doesn't have it. Um, that's a pretty that's a pretty powerful statement, especially now um, with the environment that's around sports, <clears throat> the world itself, if you will there's a lot of people that feel like maybe their voice isn't um, strong enough to be heard by people. So I think having the voice, I mean, even if someone doesn't have their own voice, being able to use someone else's voice to count for them. So in my head, I was trying to map that out to sound right. And I think it did, but I mean, at the end of the day, this, the, the whole reason for this podcast is to give the people, you know, something that they can use to help them through the journey. That is this crazy ass journey through sports. You know, it's not, it's not a journey that goes from point A to point B usually. And yeah. it's a journey that has a lot of, you know, part A, part B, part C, a lot of parts to it. So being able to have a voice that you're able to gravitate towards is huge in this industry. So I'm actually, again, the, the average answers always usually are the ones that come out on top. So personally, I, I want to say thank you for, you know, everything you've been able to say and the legacy that I'm confident that you'll be able to leave behind. But is there any, is there any advice you'd like to leave for anyone, you know, listening to this or any, any other advice you'd like to, to give to someone to further their day or further their journey or anything like that? I think just to keep going, I said this in the article I did with Madison, but just keep going and know that you are here for a reason as an individual. You're not here to pretend to be someone else to act like someone else, to look like someone else, you're here to be you. And if there's anything that I can do for anyone listening or who is interested in the podcast, interested in sports, literally anything, if there's anything Maggie Velocity can do for you, 
I would love to, like you said, help you out in any way, give you advice, give you recommendations. Like my, my biggest thing is helping other people almost Mm -hmm. more than I help myself. You know, sometimes it can be a bad balance, but like just, I just love helping other people. So yeah, if there's anything I can do for any stranger or anyone listening, I would, I would love to help someone find their dream or pursue their purpose. Well, I'll make sure to have all of your contact information that, that you want out there. I'll make sure to have that for anyone to, to be able to reach out. And uh, if you're listening, you know, please, as Maggie said, you know, I'm, I'm more than happy to, to help out in any way. I know that I'm just a voice on a podcast most likely, <laughs> but I'm sure that, you know, some good conversation will be able to help. So thank you very much, Maggie. I'm super happy you were able to hop on and we were able to get this going. Yeah. Thank you guys. Dakota and Kate, you guys are amazing. I love what you guys are doing here. And I think it's, it's amazing for sports and for, for everyone. (laughs) Well, well, thank you. If you can't hear it, uh, I'm blushing pretty hard. So uh, (laughs) thankfully no one has to see this. Uh, I hate the way I look when I blush, but uh, thanks so much. I mean, it started and is still, I mean, I only made this to help other people out. I don't want anything from this uh, other than, you know, other people help, other people gaining help. So yeah, uh, I'm horrible at taking compliments. So uh, <laughs> yeah, th- thanks it's so amazing much. to just be able to just be there for other people. And yeah, you were saying we go. like, yeah. got to help yourself, but you got to help others as well. Absolutely. All right. Well, thank you again. I know I really appreciate it. And I'm incredibly confident that other people will gain a lot from this. And that was Sport Radar's very own Maggie Vlasty. We're trying to build a bigger community on social media. And so if you want to be a part of that community and help us build, make sure to see what links we have in the link tree below and follow the accounts that you want, preferably all of them. We'll also have Maggie's links, so check them out, especially her design page. There's some really, really awesome stuff on there. And if you want to get into the world of graphic design or just design in general, that'd be a good place to start. We thank you for listening to this podcast as always. And if you like this episode and want to show us your support, make sure to follow us on Spotify. If you're an Apple podcast listener, we would really appreciate if you subscribed and left a five-star review. It really helps us grow and we can't express how much we would appreciate it. With that, we hope to see you next Monday for the next episode of The Rookie Contract.